0: I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Hello everybody, I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. And the time to go is now. Here we go. All right, so in a previous episode, I told you I had a quiz. I wanted to do a quiz. Uh, for basically for our friends on the left. Now, you could take it if you're a, if you're a person who's conservative or you lean to the right. but the, the quiz is really for our friends on the left because you know, I, I think arguing between all of us, fighting back and forth doesn't do us a lot of good. It really doesn't. It doesn't help anything. But I think if we if we were to ask questions, if we were to uh, take a little quiz, little quiz between us to try and figure out what do we what do we really think so I told you recently about a friend of mine who lives in Italy wonderful young woman lives in Italy and she was telling us that she sees herself as a liberal 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 Uh, and then as we started asking questions she started to realize well I've always been a liberal so it feels weird to not say I'm a liberal but I guess the way I live my life is actually pretty conservative now that's funny because and i don't mean funny haha i mean funny strange because we also have a another uh set of friends who are extremely wealthy i mean we're talking multi-multi multi-millionaires uh, and they live in new york city in a in the sixth floor of a sixth floor building they got they go on vacation for two three months a year they have properties all over the place they are really very, very wealthy people. And they're also, what they say, very, very liberal. Until we start talking to them about raising their children. You know, what did you do about this? And what do you think? When their answers, everything, the way they actually live their life is very conservative. So it, it became pretty clear that the reality was that they're clinging to the title of liberal because society tells us that liberals are better, they're nicer. They have good ideas. Republicans are evil. They hate people. When in reality, there's no truth to that whatsoever. But these people uh, raise their children very conservatively. They live their lives very conservatively. They just can't bring themselves to say they're conservative. So I I think there's probably a lot of that. Um, What divides us, what really divides us as a people, are the cultural issues. Now, in our society today, dealing with cultural issues is is not allowed unless you take one particular side of the cultural uh, expanse. Unless you believe the liberal side or unless you espouse the liberal side, um, you can be canceled. People will come after you. You could lose your job. You could be fired. I just read the other day about, um, who was it? Was it a sportscaster? A sportscaster who came out in uh, as he was talking about whatever sport was going on, and it came up with, uh, with Leah Thompson, uh, the transgender swimmer, and the news reporter said, well, listen, I don't think it's right that biological men compete against women. Uh, you're taking away the opportunity for biological women to, to be champions and do things. And that's all he said, and he was fired at the end of the broadcast, because that is not the line they take. The line they take is that transgender women are real women, even if they're physiologically male. They say they're women, they're women, and you can't say anything against that. So that's, that's part of the problem we have here, is that to the truth of things gets muddled, the truth of, of anything. Um, it gets censored, it gets shut down. As we approach the next election, we can see that other than X, formerly known as Twitter, other than X, which is actually allowing free speech, I assume that many other platforms will be shutting down free speech again. They will start to be, uh, you know, fact-checking everything that every Republican or conservative candidate says from dog catcher to president. (laughs) Sorry. Um, And I think they will start to censor those things. Well, that's not true, so we're not going to let it out there, which is, is really... A a part of a bigger shutdown, not just those candidates' free speech, that's your free speech, right? Because if you were to stand up and say something inappropriate, according to our friends on the left, you could be censored, shut down, fired, lose your opportunities in life. And is that really how we want to do things? I just saw the other day, and, and you know, as goes sometimes with this liberal stuff, As goes Europe, goes America. And I saw, you know, there was a guy in England, and the English are really very restrictive uh, on free speech. They don't have the free speech rights that we once had in this country. And this man was standing outside of a, uh, outside of an abortion clinic, and he was praying. He was praying to himself. He wasn't praying out loud. He wasn't chanting. He wasn't holding up signs. Shine three twenty seven. He was just standing there, and he was praying. And some police officers came up to him and said, what are you doing? He said, I'm praying. And they arrested him. They arrested him because he was praying in front of an abortion clinic. And you're not allowed to do that. So, uh, interesting, interesting. So our whole world is really tilting towards this uh, this dynamic of uh, centralized government uh, being in control. Now, this is, go back and listen to all, all my podcasts. I've always believed that this is the default position of humanity anyway to live under tyranny. Now, I had that conversation with Miss Kathy the other day, my lovely bride. And while she agrees with that, she defines it differently. She says, tyranny, uh, you know, not necessarily tyrannical uh, leaders, but we've always lived in, a, in a, um, a segmented form of government, that that is how, that is how humanity was meant to live. Uh, there are hierarchies. There are leaders and there are followers, uh, whether that be um, in in the church. The church, there's leaders, right? And then there's followers and in everywhere. So when I, I call it tyranny, and I don't necessarily mean a tyrannical leader uh, like a Hitler running everything or a Mussolini or a Stalin or a Putin, uh, just... I think it tends more that way as time goes on, right? You give too much, so people too much power and they will abuse it. Um, they will become too comfortable with being in charge. And instead of working for the people, what do the people want? Uh, I don't care what the people want. This is what I want. And we're starting to see that uh, with our friends on the left are, are very much like that. They don't like your speech. So therefore, they first change the language. Uh, then they they ostracize you, then they accuse you of things, and then they attack you and then they fire you or they remove you from groups or they uh, do, all, do all kinds of things to silence you and this is what's dangerous now again, I don't mean the uh, the average m- mom and pop uh, American who finds themselves as a as a Democrat. I think many people um Just believe in, just be nice, do nice, be nice to each other. And we don't really understand human nature. And I think that's the problem. If you don't understand human nature and how things are going to go, you don't quite get it. What do we see in, we're seeing now in New York State, a sanctuary state as declared by the governor. New York City, a sanctuary city as declared by many mayors of New York. And now they are being overrun with illegal immigrants who are being shipped there, bused there, um, from the southern border states. That the, the people are overwhelmed in Florida. They're overwhelmed in Texas. And they said, we can't, we can't do this. We're not a sanctuary state. Uh, we have a sanctuary president who wants to open the border illegally, by the way. He's supposed to control the border. Instead, he's opening the border. Uh, so you know what? We're going to send these people there. We're going to put them on a bus, give them food, give them a lunch, but we can't have them here in Texas. We can't take care of them. So they want them up north, and we're going to send them up north. That's, that's the basic, simplest thing of, of the whole process of what's going on. Um, and then we hear our friends on the left screaming and hollering, this isn't right. You're using it as a stunt. Why is it, why is it not a stunt in Texas when there are three million illegal people, illegal immigrants in Texas that have to be closed fed, housed, educated, health cared. Why is that not a stunt? But when you ship them to other states, states that claim to be, we want all the immigrants here. We welcome them every day. And then you ship them there and they lose their minds because then they have to pay for it. Then they have to scramble to find place. And how how that I see as, um, that's when their words come back to get them because we see that often with with. Socialist left-wing policies—they're uh, pie in the sky. They—they they speak, um, they speak to the better nature of people. Take care of those innocent, weak people who need something. They just want to come for a better life. Now, how many times have I said, right here on this very program, that I agree? Most of those people are coming because they want a better life. They're not coming here to to cause ha- chaos and, and go crazy. They are coming here because they want a better life, and I understand that completely and thoroughly, but the reality is just because they want to come here doesn't mean they can. You know, we can't just have everybody come through the door, which is what they're seeing in New York now, in New York City. The mayor, a big uh, open door, open sanctuary city, we love it, come on in here until they all come in. Then the mayor has to find places for people to sleep. He has to make sure they have medical care. He has to make sure they have food. And now, as we're getting closer and closer to the start of the school year, he has to make sure all of these maybe a million additional children have a classroom to go to. New York does not have a million additional seats in its school. It doesn't have the budget to pay for all that. So what do they have to do? They're going to have to uh, raise taxes. They're going to have to beg the federal government for money. And why is the federal government not coughing up? Of, of all the things, you have you have a very liberal, open-door policy president who's sending billions of dollars to Ukraine, and you can make that argument that that's valid or not valid, but he's sending billions of dollars to Ukraine when the states that are being overrun are not getting any aid. How come those billions of dollars aren't going to New York City? That's a sanctuary city, and they need a billion dollars to help clothe, feed, house all of these uh, people who have come here, right? How come he doesn't write them a check? You know, here's $2 Let me help you. Um, He's just not doing it. So the whole purpose, again, the whole purpose is very clear. If you open your eyes and look, it's it's either true. Either you see the truth or you choose not to see the truth or you're too stupid to see the truth. The whole idea of open borders is that we... um, bring in lots and lots of people that uh, people believe will become liberal voters and will keep them in power. So therefore, open the doors, let them in, let them destroy the economies of all these cities. It's okay because eventually they'll vote and we'll stay in power. And this is where I separate the leadership of the liberal movement, the progressive movement, from the, the mom and pops that are um Democrats maybe lifelong Democrats who are just regular people regular Americans who want to do the best they can by everybody all right same thing with the Republicans you know you got radical Republicans that that are you know run their mouths and this and that and that's not the mom and pop conservative who just believe in traditional values and you know care about people but want to do things practically and uh, and, with a with a set of guidelines and rules so I think that's that's kind of where we're at So, um, excuse me one second, I got this little bit of a runny nose, right, which is pretty weird, Um, I I think, I don't know if it's allergies or not, but I will be doubling up on my healthy cell, right, now healthy cell is the, the thing I'm telling you about all the time, healthy cell immune boost, I don't feel like I have a cold. Or, or anything like that i just have a runny nose in the morning when i get up sometimes and it's uh maybe it's the air conditioning is on all night then i go outside and it's humid outside go back and forth um by the afternoon uh i got a runny nose so uh it'll it'll dry up uh, quickly but hey if you if you need something for your health uh, health care i'm telling you look at the uh, the healthy cell products the immune boost i like i told you about all the time Then they have the uh, the REM sleep product. If you're having trouble sleeping, you know how many people I see on social media, friends of mine. I was up again all night, Leo. Ugh, three a.m. I'm up. You know, it's just tons and tons of people. Um, This this stuff really works and it helps. Uh, And the other thing is focus factor. If you're starting to feel like, you know, you're losing that edge. You, you, you know, you, you, you get a little confused. And I don't mean confused like, you know, you have a serious mental condition. Just like, hey, gee, why would you ever walk into a room and wonder why you're there? You know, you, you get up with a purpose. You go marching into that room and you get there and then you stand and go, why the hell did I come in here? Well, that's, you know, you need a little more help focusing, right? So that's focus factor from all of this is from, from healthy cell products. And I mention it now just because my little nose is still running here. Okay, so without further ado. Da, 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 dun, da, da. Here we go. A quiz. So get your pen and paper and I will ask the question without any without any prompting or anything else. I'm just going to ask a question and you answer these questions and when we're done, we will take a look at your answers. Uh, so all my liberal friends out there because I know you're listening you're in you're in basements, you're in your underwear, you're taking notes on Lieutenant Joe. That's good. get out your pen and paper and you participate too because you, you should understand it. The, the whole idea is to ask questions to help us understand what we believe and what we think and and those kind of things. That's why you ask questions, right? So let's go. Here's our first question. Can I have the paper, please? Thank you. Our very first question. Now, this the way you answer this is how do you feel uh, about the question, and then your answer. So the first question is a is a simple one. is is a It's a uh, is it better? It's an is it better question. So you get ready. Here comes the first one. Is two dollar and twenty five cent a gallon gasoline better than three dollar and seventy nine cent a gallon gasoline? So that's the first question. So what do you think? Is $2.25 a gallon gasoline better than $3.79 a gallon of gasoline? Let me write your answer down. Number two, is a 2.5% interest rate on a mortgage better than a 7.5% interest rate on a home mortgage? All right, very simple question. No bias into the question, just asking. Is 2.5% mortgage rate better than a 7.5% uh, percent mortgage rate? Now, unless, of course, you're a bank or a mortgage company, right? I'm talking about you as a homeowner. What would be better for you if you wanted to upscale and go buy a new home? What if you're a first-time home buyer and you want to go uh, buy a home, you want to buy a rental property, you want whatever? Is 2.5% interest rate better than 7.5%? That's the second question. Um number three number three is four dollar a pound ground beef better than seven dollar a pound ground beef so think of yourself as a shopper you're going into the store and you're going to buy some ground beef you're going to make stuffed peppers or you're going to make some beautiful meatballs for a beautiful dinner uh, or you're going to make uh, I don't know anything else you would make with chopped meat is four dollar a pound chopped meat 90% lean, so it's healthy. Uh, Is that better than $7 a pound chopped meat? Okay, so that's the third question. Um, Number four, when it comes to uh, national security for our country, is it better that we have a well-equipped, well-trained, well-staffed, powerful military? Or is it better that we have a weakened, uh, understaffed military that doesn't have the best equipment or the most advanced equipment. So that's question number four. Is it better to have a strong, powerful army or a weak army? You know, which is better? You know, that's what I'm asking. Um, okay, when it comes to, again, world affairs now, see how the, this questionnaire really covers all of these things that, that we have to deal with in life. Is it better that the our, our NATO partners... You know, the people were in this uh, North Atlantic Treaty organization. After World War II, NATO was set up so that we made sure that the, um, that the Russians or any oppressive communist government or, or dictatorial government, uh, like at the time, the Soviet Union or uh, Mussolini uh, and these people, the uh, Imperial Japanese, you know, if they were to attack Europe again, if there was war to break out, the countries would already have an organizational treaty to protect each other. So if you attack one country, you're attacking all of them so that we try and preserve uh, peace and, and uh, prosperity for the westernized countries, right? That was their agreement. we will help each other. So the question is, is it better that our NATO partners pay their fair share for their defense or is it better that Americans foot the bill for all of Europe? All right. So what is better? Is it better that our NATO partners pay their fair share for their defense? Or is it better that the Americans, you and me, pay the whole thing? Okay. Um, And number six, let's look at question number six. When it comes to you personally, whether it comes to businesses in our country or whatever else, is it better that we have a lower tax rate for everyone? Or is it better that we have high taxes for everyone? That seems like a really simple question. Uh, would you rather pay lower taxes or would you think it's better to pay higher taxes? And it's okay. Either answer is good. So that's that's a little six-question quiz. Now, it's it's not that hard. Uh, the questions were very basic. Um, and if you missed them, I'm going to go over them real quick again, just to make sure we have them down. And then we'll, well, then we'll start to think about what our answers are. And I will give you my opinion on what I think the answers to these questions are and and what the best move might be for a prosperous world. All right, so questions for those on the left. Uh, But like I said, anybody can take the quiz. Let's uh, review these real quick. Is $2.25 gallon gasoline better than $3.79 gasoline? Is 2.5% interest rate For a mortgage better than a 7.5 percent interest rate for a mortgage is four dollar a pound ground beef better than seven dollar a pound ground beef is a strong well-equipped military better than a weak ill-equipped military Uh, should our nato partners pay their fair share for their defense or should america pay the huge majority of the bill and number six are lower taxes for individuals and businesses better or is high taxes better for everybody all right so now that we have that now that we have our questions uh, and I'm sure everybody wrote their answers down and it'd be interesting to to hear what everybody has to say but I'll go through them now and I'm going to give you my answers to it so is $2.25 a gallon gasoline better than $3.79 gallon gasoline I would have to go on the side of $2.25 a gallon gasoline is definitely better than paying three dollars and seventy nine cents a gallon of gas, I think that makes perfect sense. Um, you know, you could save yourself uh, what is it, dollar fifty, almost whatever it is, two twenty five uh, to three three twenty five is a dollar and seventy, dollar fifty, dollar seventy five. Is that better? I think it is better because you know what. Um, I have a truck, a pickup truck, a beautiful pickup truck. I love my pickup truck. Uh, it's it's, it's an expensive vehicle, but you know what? I need a car that starts every single day. My whole life, my whole early life, uh, I had I had vehicles. You know, sometimes they started, sometimes they didn't. I had to go to work. I had to feed my family, and sometimes the, the car wouldn't start. So as I get to a, a later in life, and I've got more accomplishments, I, I decide to get a nice vehicle that every time I turn the key, it starts. Imagine that I can drive it and go places without worrying about it breaking down every minute. And that truck takes about I don't know twenty eight, thirty gallons of gasoline at a pop. So if we're looking at that at you know um, you know how much all these things cost, if I look at uh, thirty gallons uh, times two twenty five, that costs me sixty seven fifty, sixty seven fifty to fill up that tank, right? Uh, as opposed to um, if I was to pay in 375 a tank, it's $112.50. See, so the better thing for me, the better thing for me is $2.25 gallon of gasoline. And how do we achieve that? Well, we achieve that by exploiting our own natural resources here. We 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 drill baby drill, as they say, it would be my opinion. Uh, we open the pipelines to move the flow of uh, of fossil fuels. Now for all of you who are right now sitting in the basement and your, your your ears are on fire hearing me say this, yes, we should also pursue green alternatives, um, non-fossil fuel, energy, when we can get it to the point that it is plentiful, powerful, and cheap. I'm all for it, but we're not at that point yet, right? We have electric cars. Uh, electric cars are great. They run for, you know, 200, 300 miles, uh, and then you have to stop. So recently, I had to go for business. I told you, I went to Niagara Falls, uh, and that is 400 miles away. That trip took me seven hours and 15 minutes uh, nonstop, uh, whipping across uh, the the United States here. Um, That seven hours was a long ride. If I had an electric car, I could have whipped along for mm, 300 miles of it, and then I'd have to pull over because my battery would be dead. And then I would have to sit somewhere and uh, charge the battery for a pretty long time. Uh, so my trip might have taken me 12 hours or 13 hours, right? I might mean, have to stay over at a hotel to charge my car. So $2.25 a gallon gasoline is definitely, in my opinion, better than $3.75 a gallon of gasoline. You might see it differently. You might not mind paying it. Maybe you're a billionaire, one of them billionaire people, and you don't mind, you don't care. But until we have um, electric uh, motors that can fly Air Force One around, I think we should get our own oil out of the ground. We should get our own natural gas. We should do fracking. We should do all those things and revive those industries so that we have energy. Energy is the lifeblood of our economy. And uh, we should have a lot of energy so that we can do things. All right, that's question number one. Question number two is 2.5% mortgage interest rate better than 7.5% mortgage interest rate. Um, Well, once again here, uh, I might be in the minority, but I I firmly believe that a 2.5% interest rate for a mortgage is better. uh, Now, maybe that's just for me, for Lieutenant Joe. A 2.5% interest rate is better for me than paying 7.5% on my mortgage. So, me and Mrs. Uh, Lieutenant Joe are thinking of moving. You know, maybe we'll move. We've lived in the same house for 35 years, maybe even 40. 35, 40 years we've lived in the same house. Now, we've, uh, we've remodeled inside when we could. It took many years. We remodeled. We landscaped. We did a lot of stuff. It's beautiful, beautiful home. I really love it here. I could stay here forever. But maybe we want to move to something different. Maybe we want to downsize Maybe we want to move to uh, another place where we can have the grandchildren all come. Maybe we want a bigger place. I don't know. But right now, I can tell you that um, the mortgages that I refinanced at 2.5% several years ago, uh, which was great, saved me over $1,000 a month. Um, If I was to go buy something now, I could sell my house uh, probably pretty easily because, you know, the market is still okay for selling and buying. That's going to dry up pretty soon. But... Anything else I'd have to buy, I'd have to pay at a, at a much higher rate because the market has gone way up for the price of the house. And I'd have to pay probably 7.5% mortgage, which would be two dollars or $3,000 extra on top of what I would normally pay. So I would have to come down on this question, uh, that 2.5% mortgage rates are better than 7.5%. right, so we covered the first two questions when we come back we'll finish the the other four but we'll be back in a minute with more stand by Loud. How do we protect our bodies from harm in a world filled with invisible threats? In each one of our trillions of cells, a remarkable process takes place in the mitochondria, which is known as the powerhouse of the cell. Redox signaling molecules are produced here, and ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. And the results speak for themselves. As someone who needed an energy boost at a crucial time in my life, I was introduced to ASEA. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. was the rallying call that started it all. America Out Loud News was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back, everybody. Now, we're going to continue our quiz where we left off. But first, I would like to mention a couple of things uh, that I have available out there that I'd like you to go take a look at. So we know that the majority of people, I think, uh, that listen to this program and that listen to many of the programs on the America Out Loud radio network are more traditional uh, conservative kind of people, pro military, pro law enforcement, pro America, you know, our first responders. So, a couple of things. Recently, um, I, I've heard uh, the uh, Tunnel to Towers organization. They're commercial many many times, uh, and I'm sure you have too. You know they're out there. It's I, I've vetted out a bunch of organizations, and what I can see, it seems like a very good organization. Now I have nothing to do with them, right? I'm not saying this because I, Lieutenant Joe's related to that. I have nothing to do with them. This is a personal thing. I'm trying to figure out, you know, because I am pro law enforcement, pro pro America, pro military, uh, pro traditional values, um, because I I do have those kind of uh, beliefs and things. Um, I wanted to find a way to help uh, the military soldiers who have been injured or who have died for me and for our country by serving in our military uh, and for the law enforcement officers, my brother and sisters out there who have been seriously injured, who have died in the line of duty, uh, again, serving their communities. How can I help them? So I support my local PBA and, you know, I do things like that to help. But I wanted to do something more and I looked around and around and around. And I found this Tunnels to Towers organization. I researched it and I found it to be really, really good. So they ask you for 11 bucks a month, right? A recurring kind of a payment. And I said, I, I don't know, you know how long I could do that. You know, do I remember every month? Do I, So what I did is I, I just figured out, I think it's $135. Uh, let me see. If I, you know, I keep a calculator handy because the whole world is about numbers, right? Uh, so I think it's $132. A year. If you sent them eleven dollars a month, I said, you know what? There's probably some kind of uh, administrative fee attached to that. So yeah, I just wrote them a check for 150 bucks. I said, here, this is for a year. Um, I want to do my part. You know, next year I'll do it again if I can, if I'm in that position, because you know who knows what's going to do. But right now I can do it, so I did it. So if you're looking for a charity to help, um, I think it's a really good one. That's the first thing. Now, the next two things are going to be more uh, concerning to Lieutenant Joe. If you have anybody out there in your family in law enforcement, if you have anybody in, in any kind of a, a position where they have to ask questions, interview people, right, you should get my book, The Interview, uh, from Blue360media.com. Blue360media.com. I think uh, it's also up here on the America Out Loud um, uh store we have a store on the website i think you can get the book through there Uh, it it is the soup to nuts how to conduct a criminal investigation but really any kind of an uh, of a i'm not a criminal investigation interview but it's any kind of an interview if you have to talk to anybody you interview people for jobs you interview people for uh, any part of your work or whatever you should get that book it's really excellent it's called the interview by lieutenant joe the other one that's also up on the america out loud store is um, the investigation that's my new book This is uh, how to conduct a criminal investigation from soup to nuts. I talk about incel killers. I talk about the the serial killers, want crimes versus drime crimes. I think on the platform, my uh, my article uh, just came up uh, recently uh, the Gilgo Beach Killer—is it a want crime or a drive crime? And I describe all of that. All right, so go take a look at the store. There's a lot of other authors' books on there. You know, people from, from the station here—all uh, good people—all have good things to say. Go take a look. All right, so that that's my little bit of a commercial for Lieutenant Joe. If you have somebody in law enforcement or military, go get them the book. It's a great gift. It's not expensive, and they'll learn when they're done reading them. Uh, they'll be better at doing their job for their community and for their career. All right, so can I borrow from Uncle Rush Limbaugh? to as he used to say when he would uh, do his announcement. Um, and don't we miss Rush? We do miss Rush. Imagine his voice uh, today. Um, there is an alternative, though, the great Malcolm out loud, right? Uh, I know here on the station we know about Malcolm. Uh, but you've got to tell all your friends. you got to tell everybody. You know, Malcolm's voice is an amazing voice in this modern world, uh, and I think uh, we should make sure I tell everybody, listen, 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 listen. It's, it's a great station. All right. So back to our t-a-lut, 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 Our quiz. We are at question, uh, let's see, number three. <clears throat> is $4 a pound ground beef better than $7 a pound ground beef? Now, that seems like a very uh, simplized question you know, $4 a pound ground beef. Well, what kind of quality is it? I guess there's a 100 questions you could ask. Is it Wagyu beef? Is it regular beef? Is it uh, uh, Northwestern beef, Canadian beef? Uh, You know, what is it? Uh, So let's just set the parameters for the question. Um, And if you've answered already and I give you some different facts, you can feel free to change your answer here. So the original question was, is $4 a pound uh, chopped meat better than paying $7 a pound? So when we look at that, Um, it's, let's just say it's regular 85%, uh, all American ground beef. Let's just go with that. It's not Wagyu. It's not all this other stuff. It's just regular, good quality, 85%, um, American ground beef. Is it better to pay $4 a pound for that or $7 a pound? Now, let's see. Um, if you're a single individual and you buy a pound of chopped meat, um, at $7 a pound, that might be good. You can make a a meatloaf out of that for yourself, a pound meatloaf, and it might last you a day or two. Um, You can make a couple of meatballs. But what if you're a family? What if you're a family of four or a family of five, you know? Um, And you have to feed everybody. Everybody needs uh, some meatloaf. Everybody needs some, uh, some, some meatballs when they have the dinner. So maybe now you need two pounds, right? So at $4 a pound, you can buy two pounds right, for $8. You buy $8, you get two pounds of, of meat. So when you figure the cost of a meal out in a restaurant, if you were to take your family to the restaurant and everybody got meatloaf, what do you get? One, maybe two slices of meatloaf, some mashed potatoes, maybe some green beans, and a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi or some other kind of a, a beverage. <laughs> All right, That's what you would get for your meal in a restaurant, what would you pay for that? Um, probably today's market rate, about 23 to $25 per person. So say there's the four of us going out. That's $100 plus the tip is 20 because yes, you should tip at least 20%. These are working people. They're counting on the money. Um, Mrs. Lieutenant Joe worked in restaurants. She was a, a restaurant server. A lot of people I know were. Um, these are hard working people Make sure you tip twenty percent minimum. Okay, um, that's just my opinion. You do what you want to do, what you can afford. Um, but there's a hundred and twenty bucks for a meatloaf dinner. Now, if I buy two pounds at four dollars a pound, I get two pounds of meatloaf. I buy a bag of green beans for three dollars. Uh, maybe some mashed potatoes for another three dollars. Uh, a case of soda pop. We all have a nice soda pop. That's fantastic. Maybe that whole meal for the four of us costs us thirty bucks, thirty-two dollars for everybody. Right, and there's probably two good, healthy-sized slices, right, and maybe even a third. Maybe the end for Dad, you know, because you know Dad likes a little bit more. There's a little bit of end that Dad gets a piece and a half, two pieces and a half for thirty-five dollars. If I paid seven dollars a pound, I'd need $14. Now that would bring the meal price up a little bit, but here's the problem. I know a lot of people that don't have that kind of money to spend $7 on a pound to get two pounds. They just don't have the money. They, are, they have a budget that they're trying to live on and it's not good to try and go over that budget. I even know some single people who would say, well, you know, I couldn't buy two pounds at seven bucks. I could buy a half a pound maybe, right? So here's the point, let me get to my answer based on all of that research and thinking about what is better four dollar a pound ground beef or seven dollar a pound ground beef i'm going to have to come down on the side of four dollar a pound ground beef is better um, than paying seven dollars a pound ground beef now i don't know what you're thinking maybe maybe you want to pay seven dollars a pound you think that that's good and that's a good answer too that's a good answer but for me personally I think the better answer is to pay $4 a pound, okay? Um, that moves us on to our next question. Is a strong, well-equipped, well uh high-tech military better than um, a military that doesn't have enough people, that's underfunded, doesn't have the best technology and weaponry, uh, and is a little bit weaker? Is, which is better? Which is better? Now, this question really calls into a lot of considerations now thinking that our friends on the left are taking the quiz so i put this together for them to help them you know answer trying to figure out where they are in these arguments Uh, and you too, friends on the right you can you can do the same thing to figure out where you are because maybe this changes your mind right you start thinking about this and go wait a minute maybe i'm on the wrong side of all these arguments that's the whole idea of a questionnaire and to ask questions So is a strong, powerful military better than a weak military? Well, I suppose if you think America is, an American military, is a problem in the world and has been the cause of uh, unnecessary wars or uh, subjugation of people around the world or stealing their resources, and the American military has been the, uh, the cause of all that, you might consider, you know, a weaker American military is a good thing. You know that would be a better thing Uh, less teeth on the lion so to speak and then they can't do so much and then you can't hurt so many people right maybe that maybe that's a legitimate way to look at it Um, or on the other hand you know you could look at a strong powerful america that um, traditionally has believed in freedom and liberty and justice and free speech and and all of our rights uh, and wanting uh, freedom around the world around the globe um, and help countries who were in struggles for freedom, you know, to help them, back them up so they could have freedom for their people too, um, maybe, maybe a strong, powerful military would be better than a weak military. So it really depends on on what you see the purpose of the military is uh, and how it could be used in the world. So let me, let me think, where do I come down on this? Let's see. Let me go back through history and say... Um, Let's see, what did we have back during the Revolutionary War? We had, uh, we had farmers, right? We had the Minutemen. We had uh, uh, people who were militia, basically. And, and then we had the most powerful military on the face of the earth here in the colonies. That would be the British Army, right? They were the most powerful uh, military force on the planet. The, the old saying that, the, you know, the sun never sets, on the English Empire was true because they, they had people and, and control and military everywhere. The sun never set on that empire. It was absolutely amazing. And that's who was here in the colonies. And our people um, were smart. They were strong. We had uh, General George Washington, you know, that guy, you know, and, and all the other forefathers. Um, they got together and they planned out how to fight back against the most powerful military in the world and what did they do they beat them back didn't they they beat them uh and we became our own country so i would say strong in that case would would be better strong strong would be better you know i could say if we were weak if i chose the weak side um we would be we would be a colony still we would still be a, a possession we would have the uh the union jack flying and we would be talking about our king king charles and how much we love him and all that um uh, where would Megan and, uh, and and her husband go? You know, if that was the case, they couldn't come to America. They have to go somewhere else because they, they hate their their family. But that's a story for another day. And so here we are. Um, in that instance, I say strong would be better. So there's one check for strong. Am I, this is my list, how I'm thinking through it. You, you think through it how you like to. Now, let's let's jump forward a little bit. And let's say, um, let's go to World War One. OK? Now, we, we didn't start World War One. We weren't necessarily involved in World War One. But we started to see our European allies being overrun uh, and being uh, losing losing their position and maybe maybe the response could be um, a tyrannical uh, German Czar at the time, or whatever he was called, um, wanting to take over Europe and subjugate all the people of Europe. So we ended up getting involved, right? Now that cost us a lot of soldiers, a lot of blood and a lot of treasure. But without us being strong and getting in there, probably World War I would have been lost um, to, the, to the Germans. So in that case, I'm going to say um, strong was probably better, that we had a strong army, we had, we had training, we had equipment, um, we had the right personnel, and, and it was good to help the world, I think, to, uh, to maintain uh, the world the way it was in World War I. So I think strong was good there. Then we jump a little bit, a little bit forward, and let's go to World War II. Now, let's see. What do I think in World War II? Um, what would have been better? The, the Nazi takeover of Europe, uh, the Imperial Japanese takeover of of, uh, of mainland China, and, and then, oh, then, and of course, then they would both want to come here and take over America um, and change the world and, you know, have the Third Reich and all of that, you know, where you would have uh, this thousand-year reign of, of Nazis and... You know, let's see, what would have been better? Um, I'd have to, again, I have to go with strong. You know, at this point, I have to go with strong. You know, the, the military, the American military um, got involved in that war. Uh, however, however, history tells us uh, they got we got involved. But we did, and we had unbelievable uh, ability at home, everyone at home. Remember all the drives and all the food drives and the rubber drives on this drive, you know, from... Uh, from our history, and we built uh, amazing aircraft and tanks, and we had amazing men and women who were doing the right things. Um, we sacrificed again, a lot of blood and treasure, a lot of people who never came home. Rest on uh, rest in the graveyards of uh, of Europe to preserve the world and to fight back tyranny and to fight back the Nazis and the imperial Japanese uh, tyrannical government. Um, so, th- you know, would that have been better if it went the other way? Hmm. Again, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to. Uh, I have to go with a strong military would be better. A strong military would be better. All right. So that's three check marks for strong military up to World War II. Then we had, um, you know, the, the, and of course there was lots of conflicts. But let's look at the Korean conflict. Let's look at the uh, Vietnam War. Let's look at you know Desert Storm. I think we have to break things up a little bit because while we had a very very powerful military. Um, during the Korean conflict and the Vietnam War. Um, We certainly didn't have the political leadership to either, if we we were in, we should win, uh, because if not, we wasted the lives of lots and lots of our people who were trying to do the right thing and serve their country. Um, So we saw a little weakness there. You know, we saw weakness on the political side, not necessarily the military side, but because the... um, the military is really run by civilians. You know, the generals do the day-to-day, but it's the civilian government, the president, and and we the people that tell them what to do. Um, the government was a little weak there. You know, the politicians were a little weak. Um, and I think uh, it could have turned out a different way. So I think weakness, you know, weakness was what, what won there. And I would, I would have been, I would have been on the side of, uh, again, strength. We should have been strong. If we were gonna send our young men uh, and women now, uh, to any conflict anywhere in the world, um, we should think it through and decide if it's in our best interest. And if it is in our best interest to go into some kind of a combat situation, we should go there with overwhelming power and strength. We shouldn't mince words. We should go in and we should win. Uh, we should vanquish the enemy, um, so that they stop doing whatever negative thing they're doing to america or to the world and we should win so I, I, in those two conflicts even though the government was weak wishy-washy and probably cost us lots and lots of lives uh because of their weakness i would say strength would have been better um strength would have been better there All right, so that's another one now now we go we go past that era now let's look at um the gulf wars the gulf wars what was what was better would it have been better that general schwarzkopf had such a powerful military uh, that in 100 hours he could storm across um, he could storm across Iraq uh, into Kuwait and wipe out what was considered the fifth most powerful army on the planet Saddam Hussein uh, in 100 hours wipe them out uh, and reclaim the country of Kuwait and control uh, Saddam Hussein who was. Uh, threatening to, you know, start some problems in the Middle East that could have turned into a bigger war. Because at the time, remember, we needed their oil, right? We were dependent on their oil. So what happened there made us, we had to be involved there, okay? So maybe there's some connection um, between question one uh, and question four. Maybe there's some connections we can make there with powerful military and making our own oil would prevent some wars. I don't know. That's something to think about in the background. So let's stick with this. So was it better that we had that kind of a powerful military, technologically advanced, uh, the most in the world, that we could we could sweep across that area and in 100 hours wipe out Saddam and have him running for the hills? Hmm. I'm going to have to say, again, strength is the way to go. So I, I, think, I think I have enough evidence now. I, I don't have to go through every single future conflict that's going on. Um, to make my point. My point, I would go with a strong, technologically advanced, well-funded American military is definitely much better than a weak American military, not just for Americans, but I think for the whole world. I think for the whole world, it's better that America is powerful and strong military, right? So that's question number four. Now, we have two questions left. Now, before we get to those, because I had that little, that little side note in there, this is how Lieutenant Joe thinks. Things come up now. I have to consider that. When I said question one, two dollar and twenty-five cent gallon gasoline versus um, three dollar and seventy-five cent gallon gasoline, how does that connect to question number four? I'm a strong military. So one of the reasons we really had to be involved in these conflicts uh, in the Middle East, and we worried because they had all the fuel. We need fuel. Fuel is is the the lifeblood of our economy. Now, when we did our own fracking and our own natural gas and pipelines and we were drilling for our own oil, we had more fuel, more energy than anyone else on the planet. And I already said, I think $2.25 gallon gasoline is better than $3.75 gallon of gasoline. So now that we know that and I look at this, how does that correlate into where we have to fight and battle? Well, we could care less about the Middle East if we didn't have to get fuel from there. When they decide to, you know, slow down the production and now we have gasoline prices go up and down, it wrecks our economy and causes all kinds of chaos. We wouldn't have to deal with that if we had our own fuel. So I think number four and number one kind of go together. I think strength and taking care of ourselves is probably better than the other way around. I'm starting to see a pattern here. But like I said, we have two more questions. All right, let's go to... um, Question number five, question number five, is it better that our NATO partners pay their fair share, or is it better that we Americans pay for European security? Is that better? Let's see. The purpose that it was set up, and I'm going to think part of the reason that we agreed to NATO is because we realized now these are these are fifty thousand foot views. Okay, this is not the details. So any historians out there, uh, you know, take a deep breath. I'm trying to th- talk big picture here. One of the big reasons that we decided that NATO was a good idea was because we realized um, that if we didn't do that, there could be World War III on the ground in Europe, and then we would have to go back again. As Americans we would have to go back again and, and, and sacrifice our blood and treasure again to free the Europeans from their own idiotic fighting ways that they've been doing for for centuries so instead of that let's create this organization and everyone will pay into it right to, to fund it um, so that we can be strong we can hold the line to tyranny because you still had the Soviet Union right out there who wanted to take over the world you had uh, North Korea at this point who, who wanted to take over whatever they could take over. Um, you had uh, still these tyrannical governments out there. You had the Chinese on the rise. Uh, you know, at the time it was slow, but they were coming. Um, so maybe this would be a problem. So NATO was a good idea. And we put it together. Uh, and we said, Europe, you're going to pay. And then we're going to back up. We have bases all over Europe where our, our men and women are there to sacrifice themselves again for the freedom of Europe. But maybe it's a good idea that Europe pay for most of that, right, because they're the ones directly involved uh, in, in survival, right, as, as opposed to the Americans, you know, the ugly Americans, the the, the terrible Americans uh, having to pay for all this and then go fight and die to make sure they, they get to stay free. Maybe it's good that they do pay their fair share so it doesn't cost you and me, the taxpayer, all this money to protect Europe. Um, how much does Europe pay to protect American borders, right? Are they paying for the wall? Uh, are they doing anything to, to help? No, I don't. No, no they're not. They're, they're doing it for themselves, and they're not paying their fair share. So that costs us a lot more money, and if anything happens, we have to go do it. That's the whole concern here with Ukraine. Is this going to explode again? What is NATO going to do? Hmm. Oh, again, weak leadership, weak leadership, which we're currently experiencing. We have to admit that we're currently experiencing pretty weak leadership in America. And it's looking like uh, our adversaries, uh, these tyrannical uh, governments, uh, Putin and now uh, the Chinese, are, are seeing that weakness and they're making a move. Uh, Ukraine is probably a linchpin. If the Russians can overcome and take Ukraine, gee, so what's going to end up happening? What if they what if they accidentally end up in Poland? You know what? We're, we're in another war. So this, this question, I think, certainly relates to question number four. Is it better to have a strong, powerful American military or a weak military? Well, um, our leadership is weak, and our leadership has weakened our military, and therefore we see the rise of tyrannical uh, governments who are threatening us now and threatening our partners and the freedom and, and liberty of the world. So I, I'm, here I'm going to have to go... Um, I think it's better that NATO countries pay um, their fair share and their fair share. I think actually, if it was me, I think they should pay more. They should pay the majority uh, of the money of what it costs for NATO to run. and uh, America should pay a portion of it because if there is a war in Europe, we will have to get involved, right? We can't let the, we can't let the Nazis take over all of Europe. Um, morally, that would be incorrect. We would have to fight evil. Uh, So I think we'd have to be involved. So we should, we certainly should contribute to that because it's in our interest that there's no world war, third world war on the ground in in Europe. Uh, But the European countries who would be overrun and enslaved by the, uh, by Russia or by the Chinese, they should probably pay the most. And so I'm gonna go with, yeah, they should pay the most. Uh, They should pay more. That's them paying their fair share is better. And number six, lower taxes versus higher taxes here at home. Well, let's see. Um, I do want some things from my government. I want police department. I want fire department. I want first aid. Um, I want some organization of things. I want to make sure that things are safe. We have safe roads and all that. Um, But I think if we cut out waste, if we cut out waste and all kinds of other nonsense, we could probably have all of that without costing more money than people can afford. So here I'm going to have to go with lower taxes would be better. I think lower taxes would be better than higher taxes. Uh, people could keep more of their own money. Governments, you know, could function with less waste and um, companies would be able to hire more people if they had to pay less tax. So 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 there we go, my friends. this was this was an interesting quiz and I, and I hope everyone te- kept your notes and you understand what you said. Um, but that's one through six. And, and I think strength wins out, I think. Uh, powerful America is better. I think lower taxes are good. Lower prices for, for food and mortgages and gasoline is definitely better. That's what this quiz has told me. Um, I wonder what it told you. Well, listen, we're pretty much out of time for today. Mm-hmm. I want to say thank you for being here. Go over your notes. Talk with your friends. Ask these quiz questions to everybody you know. And remember, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. We'll catch you down the road.